It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning and welcome to Fiber Hooligan. For the next hour or so, I'd like to invite you to grab your cup of coffee, tea, or caffeine-free A&W diet root beer, if that's your beverage of choice, and settle in for the fifth episode of the return of Fiber Hooligan. For those of you who are wondering who the heck I am, I am your host, Benjamin Levesay. I am also the CEO of XRX Inc., home of XRX Books and Stitches Expos. My pronouns are he and him, and I'm broadcasting live from my home in Harrisburg, South Dakota. If you are tuning in for the first time, Fiber Hooligan is a podcast and dedicated to bringing you interviews with the best of the fiber arts and makers world, including experts, business people, and designers in the crafts of knitting, crochet, spinning, dyeing, weaving, sewing, quilting, embroidery, as well as anything else I think is interesting. I want to welcome our new listeners today. Thank you for tuning in and trying out the show. I hope you enjoy it. I can't wait for us to get to know each other better. And, of course, I'd like to welcome back our Fiber Hooligan listeners who used to tune in to the original show so many years ago. Your ongoing support means so very much to me. Okay. My guest today, this is a real treat. My guest today is Gay Gillespie, a.k.a. Gigi Made It or Gigi. Gigi is a 50-something-year-old who fell in love with knitting late in life in just the last nine or ten years. Gay's pronouns are she and her. Gigi is self-taught via YouTube, some wonderful friends, friendly yarn stores, and she is obsessed with all things orange. Gay discovered knitting during a very challenging time in her life. She says that knitting is her ride or die, her BFF, and her kind of therapy. Knitting has also become a beautiful bridge into the world of wonderful people and a way to universally connect with others. If you've ever met her before, you know that Gay's enthusiasm is irrepressible. I'm so pleased that she is able to be on the show today. Gay joins us today from her home in Clifton, New Jersey. Good morning, Gay, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, it is such a treat to have you on the show. I mean, you know, I, you know, it's it's one of those things, and I, and I think everybody will agree with me. You know, I, I met you for the first time out at Stitches U.S., and everybody who meets you, you know, the first time kind of falls in love with you. I think you probably get that a lot, right? Aw, not everybody, but most people, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hard not to. So, 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 uh, so, did you have a, a relaxing weekend? I did. I did. My daughter. Um, I have a daughter. She'll be 27 this year, and she really went out of her way to make sure that Mother's Day was happy for me, and she gave me a spa day. She did my nails, and she bought me a drill so I could use my um, my winderful. So now that you've talked about that, for for Fiber Hooligan listeners that don't know what a winderfill is, I'll post the link in the show notes so you know what a winderfill is. But it, it's uh, oh yes, it's sold, do. it's 
It's it's sold by a, a, a vendors of, of ours at, at Stitches, and I think our entire crew has probably bought one of these at, at this point too. So yeah, I'll I'll throw that in the show links. I'm just making a note of that right now. Um, and and when you see it, you're going to understand why the drill is important. Um, but a drill that's good. You, it sounds a little bit like my wife. Um, you know, in in our house, she's the one with the big tool rolling tool chest and all the power tools. You know. For, oh, okay. for Mother's Day or, or Christmas, she you know she she likes to get power tools. You know, it's just her thing. Okay. She's the handy. Well, that makes people happy, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to be the geek, and you know, and and she tends to be the handy one in the house, which which helps. You know, so right. that's just the way it works. But you know, I'm glad you had a good weekend. How's the weather out there in New Jersey? Um, I'm hoping today is warmer. It has been cold. I mean unseasonably cold like we had snow the other day thankfully we didn't get anything that added up but it's been like in the low 40s sometimes in the 30s it's been really cold oh that's no fun yeah not at all it's just not you know um maybe it fits the state of the world today it's just it's cold it's supposed to warm up this week so i'm praying that the weathermen are correct just call them and tell them put your order in early, okay? <laughs> I will, I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the, uh, the, I'm sure the Fiber Hooligan audience is, is tired of listening to me, so it's time for me to turn this over to you. And so I'm going to start the, the, the question off with the usual uh, uh, question. Okay. Who are you and where did you come from? Ha. Who am I? <laughs> Who Funny you say that. I just. I just went through a uh, a post I, I came across. It was an initiative that said, I am the daughter of, right? So I'm the daughter of Gail Glassby, the granddaughter of Mary Glassby, the mother of Shelby Monet Glassby. I am also a knitter, a blogger, and what I usually call, refer to myself is as the yarn hoe because of my love of yarn. But here lately I can add to that a few names that I have acquired in my journey, one of those being uh, the the iconic orange lady, which I think is my favorite. Uh, the iconic the orange lady. Orange. <laughs> yes. Love <laughs> the, that the one. The goddess of orange. And lately, as of, what, a week or two ago, a knit star. So a knit star, yeah. If I had to give you a real condensed version of who I am, there it is. Well, that that's that's pretty good. Why don't we why don't we unpack that a little bit and we'll we'll move okay. through it so there's some more details. I actually uh, called you on my my uh, show a force of nature in orange. So you can say you, if you want, you know, a force oh, of nature in orange. I got to add that one. To. Force it like that. My daughter's not going to like it. She's tired of the name, but I'll add it. A force of nature. I like that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it it is what it is, and, and I think those it's an, it's it's apt. So, well, okay, let's 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 break this down a little bit. So. You, knitting is not your chosen vocation, and and you know uh, I know you've got a day job, and you mm-hmm. know can you tell us about your day job? Sure, I am a former Verizon call center manager. I worked for Verizon for 22 years, um, always in the call center realm. I started on the phone, and I became a trainer, I became a team leader, and then I became a call center manager. Um, always ultimately a sales position, but I've always said, you know, sales has a negative connotation. You say you're a salesperson and people automatically think of a used car salesman or someone that's trying to push something on you that's not 
always legitimate. And I've always taught my students or anyone that has worked under me, as a salesperson, your job is to simply let people know what you have available and what you feel that will work for them based on what you know about them to make that personal connection. So that's where I started. And now indirectly, I still work for Verizon, but I work for a former vice president, believe it or not. He was he used to be a vice president. He, like I, um, was rift. Um, reduction in force from Verizon. He started his own company. So I still run a sales team. Um, My team is responsible for selling Verizon products to high-rise properties. So I work from home for the most part, um, unless I'm out visiting, checking on my team, supporting them in any way. But for the most part, I work from home, but still in a sales capacity. Okay. So, uh, and just so you know, I I spent some time in my my younger days doing IT as well professionally. So, you know, so I I do understand what you're saying because the idea there is not to do anything other than educate and provide a best solution. That's, that's what technical sales are all about. So, yep, I completely get it. Yep. So you're, you're their ally. You're not, you're not somebody trying to voice something else on them. Yes, that's, that's good. It's a good way to look at it too. Yep. All right. But somewhere along the line, you learned how to knit, and, and it was a difficult time in your life. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Right. Um, so, you know, it, it's the perfect segue because we talked about Verizon because it's all started at Verizon. As I said, I ran a call center, and because we were sales, we always had incentives. Um, and we, so we always had a sales closet full of things that we would, you know, have contests and things of that nature, and it was time to prepare for the next batch of sales contest prizes, and we were cleaning out the closet, and one of my reps found a cup that had yarn in it and two knitting needles. Now, I think I've shared with you before, I crocheted as a kid. I learned in summer camp. Um, So I've seen knitting. I had seen it prior to that. It always looked so polished and refined, so I had convinced myself that that wasn't for me, that it would be difficult. So when she showed it to me, you know, I opened it. She said, is that crochet? And I'm like, no, these are knitting needles. And I looked at it. It had like a little uh, pattern in there to make a scarf, which made no sense to me. Um, And I wind up going online on YouTube, doing some research, figured out what the pattern was telling me to do. I made my first little scarf with the holes and everything. I did it. I felt satisfied. I left it alone. Fast forward to, you know, a few years later, a friend was making a hat. And I wanted her to make me one. And she sent me to get the materials. And, you know, she was on a conference call, so I'm writing her a note, like, how much? And she's like, no, you're going to make this. And I'm like, I can't do this. She said, yeah, you told me you taught yourself how to knit. I said, yeah, I did, but I didn't teach myself how to do what you're doing. So in a day, she taught me to knit in a round, how to do ribbing, how to do seed stitch. She just didn't teach me how to bind off. But I made my first hat. That's where the love came in. But once again, I did it. You know, I started going to Michael's and buying, you know, the stuff from Lion Brands and things because I was not well versed in the industry at all. And then as fate would have it, 2012, um, I lost my dad suddenly in April and June. I lost my mom. July, I lost my job. Um, And I, the best way I can say and what I always say is I wrapped my heart in yarn and I knit my way through probably some of the darkest days of my life. 
I, um, I'm my mom's only child and my father's oldest. So as far as the planning and the organizing and the, to take care of it, all of it fell in my lap. Like I had to make sure everything was done. So I didn't have time to fall apart as most people would when your life erupts as mine did. But I knit, you know, when I got tired of telling people why I wasn't happy, I knit. If I felt like I wanted to cry, I gave my tears to my yarn. You know, I, I really, I couldn't sleep. I knit, you know, I was angry because, I worked hard for Verizon, so why did I lose my job? I knit, you know. So knitting came became more than just a hobby or a craft for me. It was it saved my life, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know where I would be or what I would have turned to had I not had that release, the the hip, hypnotizing effect just you know, knitting and knitting and then having something that you can be proud of at the end. I often tell folks that each one of my pieces that I made during those times, they all hold my memories. Like I can pick up a shawl and tell you, you know, what I was going through at that time, you know, because I, my things are truly soaked with my tears or, you know, whatever I was going through at that time. I will tell anyone that will listen that, I held on to my yarn because there were times when I fell in a deep hole, but I knew as long as I could knit, I could pull myself back out. So, you know, some people do it just for the glam or, or the satisfaction of the end, with the end product of knitting. But for me, it was therapeutic. For me, it absolutely saved my life. Oh, well, wow. That's a, that's a strong and a wonderful story. Thank you for sharing it with us because, my goodness, that's a lot to go through, and you know, I'm so sorry for all of your losses. It's it's just, you know, it, it's it, but you found something. I mean, and and that's a, it's a wonderful thing. But you know, along the way, you know, you you evolved out of this, you know, too. I mean, it it went from your knitting to you're showing your knitting stuff online. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's from there, you really started to become what well well I'll call you what you don't like to be called an influencer. Um, but I, I consider you an influencer in the best possible way. Now, now we're going to have a discussion about this real quickly. Okay. We'll I think that. of you yes, as an we'll influencer, but, you know, we'll talk about that later. But, but, but you started to get yourself out there and showing your stuff and, 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 and developing, you know, quite a reputation. Can you, can you tell us about that? You know, that I, I, I have to give credit to what I call my circle. Right, because you know, I would make something my personal page on Facebook, and I would share. Oh, can you make me one? Can you make me one? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I can. You know, so I started, you know, making hats and cows and things, and you know, I had a a, a bunch of friends that our connection was um, a blog about hair, right? It's where we all met, and they all were like, you need to open an Etsy shop. I had no idea what Etsy was. You know, you need a fan page. I didn't. I had no idea what that is. And they were like, you really can move on with this. And I said, you know, I started doing the research, and I'm like, there's so many people that's doing that. Like, there's no need for me. They was like, it doesn't matter what you need. You're different. I'm like, yeah, but we're all making the same hats. We're all making. So, you know, I am here where I am today, but I will honestly say to you that my lack of self-esteem or my low self-confidence probably slow, or not probably, absolutely slowed me down from stepping out of there for fear of failure. Um, I'm still pretty, like, 
you know, even when you reached out and said you wanted to do this, and I'm like, well, why do you want to talk to me? There's so many more people that are, you know, so well accomplished and established. And so I don't know if my humbleness is a good thing, a bad thing, but I can tell you it is probably why I am where I am because I don't see myself as anything other than your average knitter. And I just started, you know, sharing. When I opened Instagram, I was like, "Uh, nobody's going to like these pictures, but let me give it a try. You know, but there it was like my world opened up, and that's when I was truly aware that there was such an industry out there. Like, I had no clue. You know, I I was a virgin to Vogue. I had no idea what that was. I I had no idea what Rhineback was. Like, so I was a little kid. In a, in a yard, in a toy store, locked in there by myself. And I got to just explore all of those things. And I think that's how I just came because I just kept finding more and more things that I, that was new to me. Like, for example, if you asked me about yarn in the very beginning, then I would tell you, you, you mean going to Michael's or AC Moore or, you know, I didn't know about local yarn stores. I didn't know you can get hand dye yards or you can get natural fibers. Like I truly, truly, um, it was an education. The access to all of this was just like, wow. Like I had no idea the weight, you know, bulky yarn and finger. I had no idea. I was like a little kid, like, oh, and I want one of everything. Like, give me that, give me that, give me that. Let me try. So, you know, and it, it made me improve my skills as far as taking pictures. And, you know, so it, it forced me to learn. You know, I went out there and I would educate myself. I I love YouTube. You know, it's such a vast index of just free knowledge, you know, and you can take what you need and leave the rest behind. So that's where, you know, my birthing came, just my curiosity of all the things that I had no idea about. Well, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad you talked about that because you know it's always an evolution. Um, and you mentioned a few minutes ago that you know, Instagram. I think Instagram is where you really sort of blew up and be, and became, you know, I mean, your following increased, you know, exponentially, um, you know, very, very, very quickly. Um, and of course, there was a lot of orange in your posts. Uh, let's let's not be shy <laughs> about that. You know, I mean, so you, you know, your posts were all color coded, which was which was nice. I think I blame you. Pr- particularly for the proliferation of orange in in the yarn market at the moment. I think it's your fault, and I think I might be right. Um, but so, so there you are Instagramming, <clears throat> getting all these followers and people contacting you all the time. What was that like? I mean, you know, I, I sense that you're kind of an introvert in a lot of ways, and all of a sudden you're in the spotlight. I am and I'm not. I, I love people, right? But I am the one that if I am around an extreme extrovert, I will sit back and allow them to take front stage. I'm, I'm, I don't need attention, um, and I think that comes from me being an only child, and I think that's what my reaction is to it. And as you said, my following sort of exploded right in the midst of the um, diversity issue that we had a year ago. Um, prior to that, I was growing slowly but surely, um, the, that previous year, December 31st, like my goal was to get to 10K by the end of that year. And I ended that year with like 9,600 followers, which was fantastic in my eyes. But, you know, we all are animals of 
you know, we just tend to compare. You know, we want to see what the Joneses are doing, and that grass is greener over there. So, you know, 10K was a milestone for me that I really wanted to obtain, and then the diversity thing happened, and, you know, my my audience dragged me into it because I kept, you know, did you hear, you know what's going on? I'm like, no. And it's the blog post that everybody's fighting about. I'm like, well, if they're fighting about it, I don't want to be in your parts of it because I'm not that person. And they kept, I mean, I've never had so many inbox messages on Instagram ever because people just really wanted to know my opinion. And I think those that um, were the gray area, right? You got the solid black, solid white. You have the people that were in the gray. They, they wanted someone to guide them. They wanted someone to be their voice, a voice that they could hear and understand. And so I'm like, well, let me just read it. And I read it, and I said, listen, it's her blog, it's her words, her feelings, her thoughts. I said, but if I had to say anything about it, I used an analogy. I said, people need to learn to apologize. Simple as this. If you step on my toe, whether you intend to step on it or not, it still hurts, right? Not making you a horrible person, but you don't get to judge my pain. I know you didn't mean to step on my toe, but you have my stiletto heels. You step, that hurts. So you don't get the right to say to me, well, I didn't mean to step on it, so it didn't hurt. You know, it still hurt, you know. And I said, my toe, my pain. Well, oh, follow Gigi, follow Gigi, follow Gigi. And in the beginning, I I can say to you I went from 9,600 followers that December to 20,000 by the end of January that year. And naturally, I was blown away, like literally. Like, and I had to really step back and say, listen, first, I know this is a difficult conversation. The only color I have for you is orange. Please do not follow me because I'm black. If that's what you're here for, the unfollow button is in the same spot the follow button is. I'm not your token black knitter. If you wanted some of this orange, because I'm going to give it to you in every shade possible, you're welcome. So it was uncomfortable, the growth in the beginning. Um, and what I said to them, sit down, get to know me. You may find that I'm not your person, and you may find that you have to leave later, and that's fine. I'm not angry about that. Um, so I truly, truly, in my heart of hearts, expected that following to drop off, right, because I really felt like people felt, you know, I'm looking at my timeline. I don't follow anybody that doesn't look like me. Let me correct that, right? And I may not have necessarily been someone that makes things that they like or likes the same type of yarn or, you know, we all know anybody that knows me, the color is orange. But, you know, what do we have in common? Why are you following me? What, did you, what are you looking for from me? And I was very open and upfront about that. Um, yes, I wanted to grow but I needed my audience to be a cultivated audience, people that understand where I'm coming from and understand that, yes, I love orange, which is a friendly, bright color, but I'm not always happy. And if I'm not happy, that's what you're going to get. And ironically, I'm still shocked. The numbers still keep coming. Um, What I, I can say with confidence is that they came for me. I don't know if they knew they came for me initially, but I know that they stay for me, you know, me the person, regardless of what my exterior looks like. And and that I'm proud of. But it was overwhelming in the beginning. I couldn't keep up with 
the DMs, and I am very big on if you take the time to leave me a message, I owe you. You deserve a response from me. And I was getting upwards of 100 to 200 DMs a day. It was bananas. Thank God that has calmed down, but it was really crazy in the beginning. So if I had to put one word on the growth, it was overwhelming. Well, I, I think, you know, regardless of anything else, I, I, you and I have talked about this before. I mean, I think there's a sense of sincerity about you, um, a, a, a real, you know, an authenticness to you that, that that's attractive. And and it, it's I think people see it as strength, too. Um, I mean, I certainly felt that way the first time I met you, um, I, just that you were really who you were, Um you know, and, and you, you can kind of tell sometimes when people are performing, you know, and I always got the sense that you were just a generally kind of happy person that liked people and, you know, were just very nice. I mean, you know, so, sorry if that sounds really kind of cliche, but you no. know, you, that's, no, I, think that's, I do. I like people. Yeah. Yeah. I do. So, yes, you're right. Let's and, and let's let's talk about this real quick. We don't talk about it a lot, but you know, of course, you know, we're talking about you know when this diversity issue you know raised its head. You know, if you were to compare where we were then to where we are now, would would you say that the industry is making good inroads, enough inroads, is it moving too slowly as far as this issue is concerned? I, I think it's it's moving and and that's what we needed. I think you are seeing conscious effort on the part of so many. Um, what I didn't like then, I still don't like now. The um, the attacks on people that others feel like are not moving fast enough. You have to understand, I, I, I love a good analogy, and I feel like race relations in the United States is a chunk a chunk. It's a massive iceberg, and there is no way that one person can move that iceberg out of the way, can chip away at it alone. So I don't think we get to place rulers and measurements on someone else's growth, because even if you are that person that would look at me differently simply because I'm black, or you would be shocked that I walked into your favorite yarn shop, or that you know, I'm knitting the same sweater that you're knitting. If that made you feel some kind of way simply because I'm black, that's a learned behavior, okay? That's something that you were taught, whether that was your home bring, your upcoming, while in school, wherever. That's something that's taught. And think about it. Once you become an adult, your habits, they're ingrained. It's hard to totally change who you are. So to me, if somebody is putting some sort of effort forward to change, I think that's progress. I just don't want it to ever stop because it cannot, right? It it absolutely cannot stop. People need to understand um, that I am a black woman in the United States, and my life is everyday experience is walking into a yarn store full of white people looking at me like, what are you doing here? That is my, my experience. That is the shoes that I walk in. So when I do share, and when I say share, I will share an experience. I'm never one to say, oh, I was at Stitches and then did X, Y, and Z. I, I would never do that. I am not of that call-out culture, but I can tell you what 
the experience made me feel like. Um, and what bothers me the most is when people say, oh, Gigi, they didn't know it was you. I don't understand what that means. I am human first and last. If I never knit again, if I never put on the shade of orange again, I'm human. It doesn't matter that I walked into a store and I was mistreated or ignored because they didn't know that I was Gigi if Gigi made it. That makes no sense to me. And I get that constantly. Um, you know of my situation on the plane when I was on my way out there. I can't tell I you how many people yes. say. Yeah. Right, yeah. how many people responded to my sharing the incident. Oh, well, did you, she didn't know it was you. First of all, who, why would she know it was me if she wasn't on her way to Stitches, number one? Two. If, if, you, if you don't mind real quickly, since our, our listeners may not know this story, would you mind just recapping the story for our listeners? Yes. Um, what was that? Uh, late February, I was on my way because Benjamin and his fabulous team had gave me the honor of coming out and attending Stitches West earlier this year. And when I got on the plane, uh, searching for my seat, as you do, there was a, she looked like she, she could have been older than me, um, but there was a woman, a white woman sitting in the seat already. And we were on the side, it was just two seats. And she was already in the seat, and she was smiling and laughing and talking to the people in front of her and behind her. And when I stopped, she looked up at me, and her whole expression changed. She grabbed her purse that was sitting in her lap, and she clutched it to her chest. And I'm like, I'm not sure what's happening here. So, you know, I put my stuff down, and when I went to sit down, you've been on a plane. There's not much room, right? She kept scooting. She's scooted as close to that window seat as she possibly could have. And I kept trying to say, no, okay, this is not what you think it is, you know. And she really was, like, leaning as I'm going to put my seatbelt on because naturally, you know, there's not much room. I might accidentally touch you, not on purpose, but – and she was trying her hardest. And when I, tur- you know, finally sat down and I kept trying to say, this is not what I think it is, but the stewardess, was standing behind me, and she watched the whole thing. And when we made eye contact, I said to her, because I realized then people still weren't getting on the plane, I said, can I move my seat? And she said, when we close that door, you can sit anywhere you want, you know. And she just looked at the woman, and she looked back at me, and she shook her head, and she mouthed, I'm sorry, you know. And I'm like, it's fine. And the the uh, pilot said that the doors were closed. So I got up, and I was able to move, but it was just, this is what, I have to go through, and unfortunately, it's BAU, and that, that's the saddest part about it, but yeah. what bothers me is when I share it, you know, I will have my followers that will say to me, no, that's not, she wasn't doing it for that. Okay, so why was she clutching her purse? Why was she moving towards the window, like, before coronavirus was a thing that she thought I had, you know what I mean? Like, I was contagious somehow, or I, me sitting next to her was going to somehow hurt her or harm her in some way, and that doesn't feel good. And no. to have that experience when you walk into a yarn store, you know, then, as you said, I am happy. I am like a little kid still when I go in a yarn store and I'm around, you know, knitting and that whole community. So when I come into a yarn store, I burst in there with all my energy and my big, bright smile, and I'm usually covered in knitwear that's orange. So for you right. to totally ignore me, 
is hard. I am not a small statured woman, one, so you can't miss me. Then here I come with all this orange. You can probably see me from the moon, but you choose to ignore me. Not even ask, can I help? You know, are you looking for something in particular? Just simply ignore me. But then when the door comes, somebody comes behind me, and I realize that there's chimes on the door. So you know when somebody walks in each and every time. This woman that came behind me that did not look like me, she wasn't even fully in the door. And she had about three people. Hi, can I help you? Are you looking for something? I was like, wow. Okay. And I left, you know. And, again, my followers were, you should have said something. They didn't know it was you. I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know what that means. I, I went to another yarn store where I was greeted, I was helped, and I left all my disposable cash with them. And, you know, <laughs> that, that's how that works. But it happens. And for people to still to this day will say to me, well, nobody should treat Gigi that way. No, nobody should treat anybody that way. You know, yeah. even the people that feel like they have evolved, and, you know, they want to consider themselves an ally, I want you to think about that statement. If you felt like you needed to say, well, why would they treat Gigi that way? No, no, no. Why would they treat anybody that way? It doesn't matter that it was me. It doesn't matter because you feel like, you know, you somehow own a piece of me or you love me that you feel like I shouldn't have been treated that way. You shouldn't, they shouldn't treat anybody that way. I don't care what they look like. You know, nobody should get treated that way. And I think that's the point that people miss because nine times out of ten, I will get people to say, oh, Gigi, they didn't know it was you. There's no way possible because if they knew it was you, I'm like, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. So that's my life. And sadly, you know, you kind of get used to it. Well, And you I know, smile it, it, and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, you know, the... And as you and I have talked before, you know, I, you know, again, it's my own privilege that, you know, how could you possibly get used to it? Because I, you know, but again, my own privilege talking there because I just, it just isn't, you know, it's crazy. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it, there's so many things that, 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 that you deal with that I don't have to deal with. Um, and right. you were, you were talking on Instagram one night um, about driving three and a half hours mm-hmm. by yourself and, and just basically saying it. You know, no, I I just can't. That's just you know crazy for me Absolutely. to do that. You know, it's something Absolutely. like you and, know, and for, for myself. I just take it for granted that, of course, I'll just get in the car and drive however I want. You know, right? And and you know, you got to consider. Yeah. Please it's go ahead. It's sad, but I have to consider the demographics. Right? Am I going to stand out like a sore thumb? Am I going to be in an area where people are instantly are going to feel like they're in harm's way because of my presence? I, and and it's, it's just the way the world is for somebody that looks like me. Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't like the term person of color. I don't like the term BIPOC because in all honesty, if you put us all in the room together, the one that they're going to second guess, mistreat, ignore, demand that I leave because I'm not welcome is the black person. Now, all other people that fall under that other umbrella, yes, they've had all their experiences, but you have people of other nationalities, they themselves look down on black people. 
Like we are at the bottom of the barrel in most people's eyes. So it's a reality. I was having a conversation. You know, I had an opportunity to do something at the end of this year in Maine. One, I've never been to Maine. Don't know why I would go to Maine. But I know the average person in Maine does not look like me. And I would have had to drive three hours from the airport to this retreat area. And, yeah, no. And my girlfriend, Adela, was like, well, wait a minute. Let me book a flight. You know, I'll go with you because I don't want you driving up there by yourself. That's the real reality of my world. Like, I could attempt that and just disappear. And it would be okay. Nobody would seem like, oh, well, you know, we didn't find a car. I don't know what happened to her. Life goes on. In 2020, it's a scary thing, and that's my life. You know, that's what um, people, I I don't know how to make it any more clean or plain for folks that still today, that is the world as it stands for me and people that look like me. It, it's such a it's such a contrast. <clears throat> excuse me. It's such a contrast to you know my experience and, and you know perhaps your experience. And and I can only speak you know to what I know. I'm sure this is the same at, at other shows as well. But I watched you at um, at Stitches West. You get up in front of people. You know with all this energy and people were were excited to see you and they and they they said hi and they, they you know, people met your eyes and you know and, and I think that experience was was sincere. Um, I mean, and, and, you know, of course you come across again as very enthusiastic and uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I hate to use the word infectious, especially during this time in our, our nation's uh, uh, history, but uh, it is. And, you know, I mean, the disparity of those experiences is just amazing to me. And I think that's what, like I, one description I said, a block. And again, I've, I've been talking about diversity in this industry for quite some time. Um, and a lot of my blog posts, I just kind of repurposed. But I said one time before, if the world could be a yarn store, and the only way that you can go in was blindfolded. And I say blindfolded for a reason, because you would pick your yarn based on how it felt to you. Did it make you feel good? Did it make you itch? You know, the color would be secondary, right? So imagine if we lived in a world where you dealt with people, you picked the people that were going to be in your life based on how they made you feel, not how they looked, whether they were black, white, fat, skinny, freckles, short hair, long hair, no hair. None of that would matter. It would be the content of their character. Like I think people get away from that because looks are going to change over time, right? They're going to change. Yeah. My heart is still my heart. The, the interior of who I am is who I am. So imagine if we were in a world where you solely dealt with people that made you feel good. It didn't matter what they looked like or where they lived or what their economic status was. You know, none of that stuff mattered. How did they make you feel? And I really think, you know, if we can get there and stop with all these preconceived notions, you know, that just because my skin is black means that I'm going to hurt you or harm you or do something to you. I don't, I just, I don't know. It confuses me. But 
the people that do walk up to me, Ben, I can honestly say to you, I've had, you know, people that one of two things, they're shy, you know, and they'll either send me a note and say that they saw me, but they were afraid to say anything. And then I'll get a long note about, you know, they're really trying and they didn't understand and so forth and so on. Or you'll have the ones that walk up to me and say, you said if I see you hug you, I'm like, I did, bring it in, you know, and in my arms, they will fall apart. You know, I'm sorry, you know, I was one of those, I would have looked at you different. I didn't think that black people knit. You know, one woman told me straight out that her family was racist. She was like, and I'm proud to be who I am. She said, but you said my toe and my pain. She said, and for the first time, that little statement made me realize that I've been stepping on people's toes all my life, and I did not care. You know, she said, so I make my family watch you. She said, because we're racist. You know, she said, and it took somebody to say something as simple as my toe, my pain. So those hugs, people always say, oh, I want a Gigi hug. Listen, I'm worn out after the end of the day because I can't tell you how many people drop their feelings in my lap. They soak my sweater because they're crying in my arms, you know, or they'll start crying and they'll walk away mid-sentence. I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to do it. But, you know, it's just you talk about me being sincere. I've had so many people come to me just sincerely wanting to change, you know, for whatever, whatever it is about me that made them see themselves and see the need to, okay, let me, let me take these rose-colored glasses off and really see what's happening out here in this world, you know. So that, I think, the part is I love is the people. If I can say I love it more than the yarn, it's the people. I've met and had so many conversations with people that truly are like, you know, I'm sorry because that was me, you know. Or it wasn't me, but I sat there and, and allowed the people around me to mistreat somebody and I didn't say anything, you know. Is I've I've had so many people just come to me whether they actually met me in person or they sent me a note or they you know a blog post got them or an Instagram post got them and I get you know dissertations in my inbox and I feel like if if that's what it took to make people just look internally you don't have to make any grand gestures look internally and then take baby steps take baby steps so you know I. I I've I've enjoyed that part of it, and it's me just being open and honest about the world that I see, um, help somebody else change for the better, then I'm all for it. Well, I think I think there's more to it than that. I mean, you yes, you're open, but you're you're also kind of nurturing, and you're looking for people. To, you know, you're looking for reasons to say, give them an attaboy or, or, you know, to help with some wisdom. I remember I was going through something online. Uh, I won't get into the specifics of it uh, right now, but it was hard. Uh, and uh, I remember you sent me a long uh, Facebook message uh, giving me some advice that your, either your grandmother or your mother gave you. And it was just, it was very kind and, and considerate. And you just wanted me to think, um, you know, and put some things in perspective. And I always appreciated that. Yeah, I, I I do remember that. And I, I think because I don't um, – I see everybody I, – I, I see the good in everybody. The evil is person. To me, there's a layer. Pull it back. Something happened. Somebody, something got us here. You know, I, I feel like everybody has that good 
innocent person in there somewhere. And I just don't like when people um, attack, you know. And like I shared with you, my grandmother said, if they're not calling your name, they're not talking to you, and you don't have to respond. I am the queen of walking away. Um, you will not goad me into an ar- argument online because I think that's ridiculous. Um, now, face-to-face, you want to talk about it? Let's talk about it, you know. And odds are the, the angriest person online in your face, it's a whole other conversation. It's a whole different yeah. conversation. They may have their points, but it won't be all of that anger and, and ugliness. Um, there's something about eye contact that I think reduces us all to that very basic person because I don't think anybody truly wants to just hurt somebody. You know, I want to be heard, but I don't necessarily want to hurt you. So, um, yeah, I do remember that, and that was bothering me. And it, and it, I, <laughs> I toyed with sending you that note, but it, I, I just I could not because I, I just felt like you were owning what wasn't yours. And I'm like, don't pick that up and put leave it right there where they put it. It's not yours. So no, that's I, 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 I appreciate that. you know. You know, for for me, when those instances happen in a show, I take that stuff very like it's you know. And you were trying to put it in perspective, which I really appreciated. It it, it made me feel better. So thank you. I I really do appreciate good, it. Good, good, But again, this is the this is the wisdom and and the sincerity that is you that I that I think is really a very big part. Aside from you know, seeing you know a blaze of orange, uh, a, a big part of of your popularity in the world and. Um, you know, and don't stop the orange. I'm just saying, don't stop the orange. The orange works. <laughs> the orange works. You know, when we, you know, we go through the catalog for the pictures. All I have to do is just scan for orange to find pictures of you at, for at stitches. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's move on to to a couple of other things. Um, so okay. you've got some you've got some stuff going on here. Um, in the near distant future, and I understand that you are becoming a knit star. Can you talk a bit about that? Oh God! So again, that yes, I'm very excited about the whole knit star opportunity. But I will be honest and say to you that I almost declined because what I tell the people all the time, one of the things that I say often is watch your mouth because self talk is very powerful, and what you tell yourself becomes fact. You know, your heart and your your brain are very close proximity to your mouth, so your heart feels that and convinces your brain that it's true. Um, I, I didn't – I followed Knit Star from day one. So I'm aware of who has had that title of a Knit Star, and I didn't feel like I fit in that audience for whatever reason. So Shelly, bless her heart, had to really wrangle me by my collar. No, you're going to do this. We're going to work together. I'm like, I don't have anything to teach. What, don't I, I don't, what are you talking about? I'm not, you know. So she got me to, she convinced me. And I, still, I pinch myself. I still can't believe that it's happening. But I'm very proud. And I, my cast is going to be a little outside of the ordinary because I'm going to talk about sustaining growth, right? Because one thing that I can say to you without a doubt, as I said earlier, I now know without any shadow of doubt, that the people come and they stay for me, period. And there's just some things that I've learned during that process, some steps that I stick to every day. Um, And and then some days that on purpose, I won't stick to those processes, and the the results are dramatic. Um, So that's what I'm going to teach 
you know, I feel like I'm going to be the glue between the other nine teachers because they're going to teach you specific techniques, whether that be how to create your own design or, you know, write a book, whatever it is that you're going to learn from the other uh, technical teachers. I'm that glue that's going to teach you how to put all that together, make it stick, and help you grow in whatever field that is, whether it's a designer, dyer, blogger, whatever it is you want to do. I believe what I'm going to teach is a very consistent format to help you sustain whatever it is that you're looking to obtain. So I'm really, really, really excited. Nervous, but excited. My grandmother always says, when you're nervous, you're on your game. Because when you're comfortable, you're lazy, and you don't do your best. So I, I, I have a hard time believing you, you're ever lazy. I think you're a very thoughtful, purposeful person for the most part. I mean, you're playful too, but that's 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 you know that's your orange. Um, so nothing nothing wrong with that. So the the I yeah. think the the knit early bird has already opened, um, and I think yes. regular and registrations closed. don't and closed. And so I don't think regular registrations yes. start again until what is it next month? The fall, actually. It is it the fall? Oh, it's the fall, yeah. The fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm not thinking about did. having. Yeah, I'm thinking about having uh, Shelley on the show just before the regular registrations open, so we can talk a little bit more about Knit Stars. Um, uh, it, it, uh, I, I was, for some reason, had missed it, um, but you know, it looks fantastic. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be great. And I think because uh, it's virtual, yes. Right now, where people are more concerned about staying safe, but want to have something to do. I think uh, the fact that it's virtual is something that you get to keep. You can watch at your own pace is another good thing, just in general, but more specifically because of the times that we're in right now. Yeah, yeah. So any other projects that you're working on these days? Um, I had this year, you were, you and Stitches West were the catalyst for what was getting ready to be a phenomenal year, but COVID-19 happened, and just about everything that I had planned. Like, Knit Stars right now is the only thing that has not been postponed. So there were a lot of things that that was supposed to happen this year. I was going to be on a plane just about every month, and you kicked it off in February. But a lot of that stuff has been pushed until next year. So um, hopefully, God willing, next year will be the year that this year was supposed to be. So... I'm looking forward to that. But right now, my focus is on Knit Stars. Um, Working on that, I have um, a lot of folks, like I'm getting a lot of opportunities to do stuff like this, like be on podcasts and things of that nature. Um, But for the most part, the the one big thing right now is is getting my, you know, my lineup together for Knit Stars. I'm really excited about that. And then... uh, Adela from Lola Bean Yarn Co. has made a special colorway for me for Knit Stars that they're going to be offering. So I'm waiting for that to come in the mail. But the hard part is going to be is I can't show anybody until they're ready to release the uh, the colorway for per- people to purchase. So that's going to be hard. I think I'm well, going to open it. I wonder what open it. Uh, gee, I wonder what color that could be. Hmm, I wonder, I wonder. <laughs> it's going to be green, right? It's going to be green. <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny you say that because green is her color. <laughs> yeah. That's her favorite color. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you know, it, 
works. It works. So can I ask, is there a thing about orange? You just always loved orange. I've always loved orange, and there is a thing about orange. And that gets, I always hesitate telling this story, but at any rate, um, in my culture, black people, there is a thing called colorism. And what that is is much like people that don't look like me look down on me because of the darkness of my skin, even in my own culture the darker you were, you were considered unattractive. And as a kid, you, we were always told you couldn't wear, you're too dark to wear bright colors. So I've always loved orange, but I hid it for most of my life because I was taught that I couldn't wear orange because I was so dark. Um, and once I got older and realized that that was nonsense, when I decided, and I think that's why I'm so crazy about it, I'm overboard now, because I went more than half my life not, you know, wearing my orange or showing my love for it. So now it's like, listen, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on the face of this earth. You're going to get all this orange, every opportunity I get. But that's where it comes from. You know, I was always, I can right now to this very day, if I am around an elder black woman, I had a woman probably about a month ago, that say, say, they always say the same thing. She said, you are so pretty. You, you're just so pretty. And I'm always like, thank you. And then they whisper, but baby, you know you can't wear them bright colors. And I'm like, why do you say that to people? I can. What is wrong? I, I'm pretty in this orange, but I shouldn't wear it. I don't, I'm confused. So it's just something that was ingrained in our culture, and you still have um, our elders that believe that that, you know, if we're darker, we shouldn't wear bright colors. And I'm here to prove them wrong at this point. Um, So they can see me from the moon on most days. And hopefully (laughs) that will stop that. You say that. Um, So, you know, I guess, you know, since I had been following you on Instagram, I I just naturally assumed, you know, you you just think Gigi and you think orange at the same time. in fact, there should be a color way of orange that's called Gigi, I think, or something like that. I, but we'll we'll work we'll work with Pantone. Yeah. We'll work on plant with Pantone on that. Um, yeah, so, we need to get Pantone in, on it. You get Pantone. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have your own paint, and you'll have your own, you know, yeah. There, right, there right, you know. right. <laughs> yeah, you copyright your own color of orange and just say it's mine, small mine. <laughs> um, so, so. So let's 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 uh, let's, let, let's talk about uh, kind of an interesting thing. We we touched on it once during the, the call, but maybe you could tell me and the, and the listeners a little bit more. What are your what are your inspirations? I mean, where do you go to to get refueled and and to get revved up about you know just life? I, lately, I've had to turn inward. Um, I think I, I said before, as I said, I most of my immediate family is gone. Um, and I've been telling my little girl since she was a little girl that it's me and her against the world. Um, and I, I love that we're so close. So when I do feel like, all right, that's enough. I don't want to play no more. You know, she is that gas. She's that fuel. She's that spark of electricity because, I have to let her see that no matter how hard I'm pushed, how many times I'm knocked down, how many times the rug is pulled from underneath me, that I figure out how to balance so that I can land on my feet because 
when I'm gone, I need her to be able to face whatever and not give up. So she is really that fuel for me. Um, I think I, before we went live, I was saying to you, I don't like Mother's Day, like because my grandmother, my mother, all my mothers are gone. And it's a hard day for me. And maybe about two or three years ago, I realized that I was being selfish because although I don't have my mother's, she still has hers. And I needed to rise for her. You know, I needed her to be able to celebrate her mother. And um, if I had to say the one thing that keeps me going and makes me get up when I just want to pull the covers over my head and have a good day of this poor gay, right? And her name is Shelby. That that's that's my driving force. She makes me smile. She makes me laugh. She makes me dance. You know, because I know she's looking for that. Because if it's missing, I get that look. Like you okay, ma? You know, and I'm like, no, I am. She's like, no, you're not. But okay, you know. And she she's it. She's that magnet that keeps me seeking the light when I feel like I'm in that extra dark place. Well, that's that's. Fantastic. It kind of made me choke up there a little bit. So we'll get back into this. Um, so is is there, you know, we lived in, in, a, in a very troubling time. You know, obviously there's there's fear, um, there's divisiveness. Uh, you know, we've got this pandemic going on. You know, in this, in this very troubled time, what advice can you give the world or our, our listeners? Find that one thing, whatever it is, whether that be, like, you know, I, I get so tickled and pleased at the things that people are doing to be creative, to keep themselves busy, to, you know, celebrate with their people without being, you know, I think creativity right now is is so essential. You got to find a way. You know, I, I was on a, a call and I said, you know, you got to be prepared to bob and weave. You know, I always think about what's the coach? coach from the Lakers. I can see his face. Ugh, why can't I call oh, his name? I, At any rate. I'm not a sports guy, Phil sorry. Jackson. It's okay. Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. And whatever the game was, it was the last few minutes, you know, it was close. And, you know, he the coach. He on the sideline. But when I tell you, you would have thought that he was running through that crowd because he was bobbing and he was weaving and he was like, trying to get out of the way. And I that always stuck with me because you have to do that. You know, life is going to throw all sorts of things at you. You can either stand there, watch it coming, and get knocked over, or you can bob and weave. And bob and weave means I can find a new hobby. I can find a way to, you know, take up all this time. I can turn the TV off and stop letting the news make me become, you know, anxious. I can take a walk. I probably should have been walking before. Now, is you know, like we just got to figure out shift. We can't remain stagnant. We gotta shift and just go with the flow. And again, the the phrase I'm sitting here moving on my sitting in this chair, you gotta bob and weave because life is gonna throw all kinds of stuff at you and if you wanna continue to be in this game called life, you gotta figure out your way through it. So, you know, it is a scary time that we're in. Um, but I, I think we're gonna get through it. I, I know we're gonna get through it. I can't I can't function without thinking that. Like if I think the other way, then I'll shut down. And I just am a natural, we got this kind of person. And, and I feel like if we all do our part, even with well, you know, so many people being out of work. 
Yeah, as long well as long as we got you, we're all going to be okay. <laughs> we're going to be yeah. We got we have to you know we yeah. can't give up. We can we can do this. We yeah. can do this. All right. Well, we're coming down to the uh, end of our interview. Last couple of questions. Um, is there anything okay. that we didn't talk about that that we should have been talking about throughout the course of this? You touched on something, and we didn't get to talk about it, and that's the term influencer. And I just want to say here. Ah, right. Yes, Let's talk about influencer. Yes. You don't I like, don't the, like term. the term. We, we talked about that, and because the idea of influencer, you think, and just to put, not to put words in your mouth, is, is somebody that can be right. bought as a spokesperson. Correct. And, and you I said don't earlier do when that. I was talking about, absolutely. I am, you said it. You said I have that nurturing personality, and I am so much a mother hen. So if I consider you mine, my, my instinct is to step in front of you and protect you. So having said that, I am not going to present anything to my followers that I am not in love with, that I have not used myself, that I wouldn't purchase myself. You know, like I have to tell people, no, stop giving me stuff. Because just because you gave it to me doesn't mean that I'm going to show it to my audience because I already know that's what you want, right? I feel used in that respect is why I don't like that term. Because my fans know, my people, my family they know when I go crazy about something, I'm sincerely crazy about it because I've used it, you know, I'm, I'm, I have my own versions of it. I use it constantly. It's a part of my daily thing. I don't like paid you. No. And most of the cases where I have uh, any type of affiliate relationship, been, it came after the fact. Yeah. It's, it's usually people finding me. They were like, I was trying to figure out where all these sales were coming from. And I went in my analytics, and I found you. You know, like they find me. It's not. It's always the opposite. I always get some sort of uh, discount code or something after the fact. After I've gone gaga over something, the owners usually usually find me because of all the traffic they get. Sure. And well, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think during the uh, the pre-interview, I think I said, well, what you are is an influencer with a conscience. Um, Yes, and, you did uh, say that. I'm, I still, I still think you don't like the word influencer. So we're going to have to come up with another word for you. Um, yes, but, you know, <laughs> we're going to work on that. That might end up being a contest. Okay, you know, Gigi, <laughs> well, okay, fiber hooligans. Uh, Gigi does not like influencers. So uh, email me or comment on on the, on the show notes or the website and and, and give me an alternate word. And um, Right. You know, yeah. And, and, you'll get, and you'll get credit for it if Gigi likes it. Okay. So you've exactly. got your assignment, yes, folks. Yes. All right. <laughs> yes. But I remember. I remember having that conversation. I'm. Thank you for bringing that up. We almost went right by that because um, yeah. we had a good chuckle about that early on. All right. Well, last we question. Did. All right. Yes. Last question. Do you have anyone out there that you want to thank or make a shout out to? Oh God, that can go on forever. That's okay. That really Take your time. Go on forever because I have had, I honestly say, um, it takes a village. You know, when you are in a place such as yours, right, or in a position such as yours, and you have no problem with extending a hand and lifting up the next one. Um, I don't know that it was her intention, but the whole diversity thing, I don't know that she realizes how she just raised that platform. It wasn't like all of these people came out of nowhere. They were always there. It's just that whole conversation shined a light on them, right? So 
there's just so many people that took the time to either get to know me, to interview me on their podcast, to, you know, have me on their YouTube channel or just introduce me to their people and let their people decide. Like just in the top of my head right now, the grocery girl, right? I can always tell you when they are live because my follower count goes crazy. Like I'll get like a hundred new followers in an hour. And I'm like, what is going on? Because I didn't post anything. I didn't announce anything. And I'm like, wait, I'll go on YouTube and Tracy and Jody are live. And they're sharing something about me, you know? So it's people like that, the, the grocery girls of the world. I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Adela Colvin from Lola Bean Yarn Co. She, I tell people she, she's my yarn pusher. Like she just, if I say I want to make something, if I see a pattern I like, first thing she says, how many yards do you need? You know? And I'll be like, yeah, she said, I know you want orange, but you need multiple shades of orange. Like, what are we doing? You know? And she just, she takes care of me, you know, and she doesn't have to do that. It's just been so many people. I mean, Libby, Trish from Carpe Yarn. Trish from Carpe Yarn is the reason that Libby knows me. You know, something I always said, and I learned this, and I'm going to stop because I, I know we're going past time, but. It doesn't matter. My, you can keep going. I, there's, there's... Okay. Ivan Seidenberg was our CEO at Verizon. I've, there's been many since him, but I always say he was my CEO. And he, at one of these keynote speaker things we had, one of the conferences we had, he was the keynote speaker. And he said three things that have always stuck with me. And the one most important one is that somebody is always watching you. Whether they're watching you to help you or to hurt you, they're always watching you. The second thing he said is behave as if that person that's watching you is your mother. Because you know there's certain things that you just won't do in front of your mother. I know that's just the way that I was raised. That was go to the trouble, don't let it come to you. So I am a big, big advocate of that, and I feel like I've had so many opportunities presented to me because I've always behaved as if my mother was watching me. I'm always 100% me. As you said, you can tell when someone's acting. I don't know how to act like anybody but gay. Right, So the fact that me just being me has presented all these opportunities to me makes me feel so good. So in that respect, I could just thank so many people because Trish in particular is the reason that you are now someone I consider a friend because she came up to me at Rhinebeck, grabbed my hand, and pulled me over and introduced me to Libby. And, you know, Libby, you guys need to work with her. You know, and Libby was like, oh, okay, you know, I've heard of Gigi before, but, you know, so Libby and I got to talking, and, you know, she too initially was like, well, I don't know. You know, the followers out there are different. I don't know. I don't know. You know, but she gave me a chance. You know, she introduced me to you guys, and you guys gave me a chance. Um, and I and I appreciate that. Like, you don't have to do that. The yarn stores that have, you know, Four Pearls in, in Florida, I met them because I worked in Florida for almost a year, a few years back, and that's how I discovered their store. And they're like family to me, and they were the first yarn store that flew me in, put me up, because they wanted to have a Knit with Gigi day. And I'm like, what does that even mean? 
And I'm like, you guys are paying this money for me to fly down there. Who's coming to the store just to see me? Then I, I tell you, two days in a row, I didn't sit down for five minutes because every time I looked up, somebody else came through that door. They had on orange. They drove two, three hours. I'm just like, okay. You know, and so many people that saying to me that they went to, uh, you know, a, a a lit event or a five festival because they wouldn't go before because they didn't think black people would be there. And because they've been following me and watching me, they went and, and, you know, they met all these nice people. And it's just been so much that people I feel like have taken a chance because every time somebody would ask me, I'm like, you want me to come to your store and do what? Like, I don't understand. And I really, some people would be like, oh yeah, sure. Pay me and I'll come. But I'm like, well, hold on. Because what are you paying me to do? Like, I don't understand. I don't want to just take your money. Although I need it, I just, that's just who I am. So, so many opportunities I've paused. Um, I've missed out on opportunities. I'll be honest and say that because I'm like, you want me to do what? And I didn't respond to the email. And by the time I did respond, they have found somebody else because I just, um, I still don't get it. <laughs> I really, I, I don't get it. But at any rate. I'm just proud that those that are watching me like what they see enough to give me the opportunity for folks to really get to know me. So I could just go on and on. There's just been so many people. Um, Coco Nitz, I just happened to look up and see I have one of her patterns in front of me, another person that has just been so kind. Like I've met such kind people just in general. You know, um, and again, people that have access to, you know, three times my following, right, but are willing to introduce me, you know, it's stuff like that that makes a difference. There's room for all of us. And when people are um, comfortable enough in their own position to invite me in, um, I, I could never say thank you enough. There's so many people in that realm. I mean, I, you guys in the whole the the connection with um, Jimmy Bean and and uh, the Madeline Tosh and the colorway and the poncho it's just I still pinch myself I, I still can't believe that me you know the little girl little black girl that grew up in the project you know mother was on welfare and you know people are flying me out because. They want me. You know, I'm always like, I don't have nothing to offer. Like, what do you want me to give these people? All I have is a hug and a smile. Like, I got that all day, you know, but that's what they want. And that's what they're paying I, for. And um, Well, I, I think you yeah, give more I'm, than I'm, that. I mean, I think you, you do give enthusiasm. You rev up people. I mean, you're, you're, you're a natural kind of ambassador. Um, I mean, you did a great job for us. I mean, I, the energy of that, that, that show had a lot to do with you, and it was wonderful. I mean, I, I hope – that we can convince you to come back and join us in another Stitches in the future. Absolutely. You guys are family now. Whenever you need me, just yell. That's, that's, that's a done deal. Because um, it was. it was. I was nervous, again, you know, because I had a handful of folks that I do know that are from California that follow me, and they would always say, you know, you have, followers, you have fans out here. I'm like, I know, you know, but it was, um, it was a fantastic experience, and I, I am very grateful for you guys for having me, for taking care of me, your team. I think I've said this to you. I've written it in blog posts, but since we have a live audience, I will say this again. I am a people watcher by nature, and I don't know if that's a defense mechanism 
or what, but I watch people, I watch their reactions, I watch them before they even see me. And when I tell you I have never been around a more sincere bunch, I've never been around a bunch that didn't know me, you know, they may have followed or whatever, but were sincere about making sure I was comfortable, that I had everything that I needed, you know, was all prepared to run into interference if I needed a break. It just was um, rewarding. It was very comforting. I didn't feel like anyone was dealing with me or trying to help me because you told them that 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 was their assignment for the weekend. Everybody was really, really welcoming. And like I said, you guys are family. I felt felt it. I, um, I follow my heart. And if I feel uncomfortable about somebody, I'm still me, but I see you. I'm aware, you know, and I guard myself, but I just was comfortable from the on spot. Just everybody, folks that, you know, Libby would introduce well, I, me I, to We have a good crew. See. We have a good crew. You do. You, you do. You should be very proud of them. They, um, they did. Well, had I even not ever met you, I would have still said the same thing. Your team was dead on. They are. Dead on. I didn't feel handled, if that's the best way to say it. They truly were just taking care of me and making sure that I had what I needed. And it just, it was, it was fun. So my biggest shout out is you guys, your, your team. Oh, I appreciate thank you very you. much. No, we appreciate yep, you too. Appreciate it was, uh, it was so much fun. So um, we're, we're, we're there now all of a sudden. And, um, you yes. know, I wanted to, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to be on the show and, 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 and just being as you always are, just sincere and, and genuine. Um, it comes across in, in everything you do, and um, it always inspires me. And, and so I just wanted to say thank you for, uh, for sharing and, and being on the show. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here with you and chat with you. I appreciate you. And you enjoy the rest of your day on purpose. I will enjoy the rest of my day on purpose because you said so. And then I'm going to go find something orange yeah. to put on just in your honor. Um, so there you, go. <laughs> you have, you, you have a great day and have a great rest of the week. That was Gay Gillespie, AKA Gigi made it one, one of the most sincere people I've ever met during the show. We talked about a lot of things, including some websites and resources, and we're going to be, we'll, we're going to put that information and those links online in the show notes on fiberhooligan.com within the next day or so. Okay, next Monday, my guest will be Debbie Macklemore. For those of you who remember the old Fiber Hooligan show, Debbie was actually my first and last guest on the show. Debbie Macklemore is a number one New York Times bestselling author and one of today's most popular writers with more than 200 million copies of her book in print worldwide. In her novels, uh, Macklemore brings to life compelling relationships that embrace family and enduring friendships uplifting her readers with stories of connection and hope. Macomer's novels have spent over 1,000 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. 13 of these novels hit the number one spot. In 2020, Macomer's all-new hardcover publication include, publications include A Walk Along the Beach, which will be in July, and Jingle All the Way, which will come out in October. In addition to fiction, Macomer also publishes three best-selling cookbooks, an adult coloring book, numerous inspiration and nonfiction works, and two acclaimed children's books. Celebrated as the official storyteller of Christmas, Macomer's annual Christmas books are beloved and, fought, 
and five have been crafted into original Hallmark Channel movies. Macomer is also the author of the best-selling Cedar Cove series, which is the Hallmark Channel chose as the basis for its first dramatic scripting television series, deb- debuting in 2013. Deb- Debbie Macomer's Cedar Cove was a ratings favorite for three seasons. She serves on the Guidepost National Advisory Cabinet, is a YFC National Ambassador, and is the World Vision's international spokesperson for the Knit for Kids charity initiative. A devoted grandmother, Debbie and Wayne live in Port Orchard, Washington, in a town which inspired the Cedar Cove stories. I've known Debbie for many years. She is warm, and she's a warm and thoughtful person. I'm pleased that she could spare some time to be on the show next week. Please put it on your calendars. It should be a great show. I also want to make sure that you know that I'm eager to hear from you. You can email me questions, recommendations, critiques, and feedback at fiberhooligan at gmail.com. And that includes suggestions for guests or cool things you'd like me to highlight in the show. I don't promise to respond to every email or message, but I do promise to do my best to read them all. If you ask a really great question or have an inspired idea, I may even read your email on the podcast. And, of course, I gave you all an assignment this week. Um, Gigi wants another word that isn't influencer, so you all better start getting in touch with me and and giving me those responses. She's going to judge. I'd like to thank my guest, Gay, for being on the show today and sharing her story and thoughts with us and just just being basically the wonderful person she is. I'd like to thank the XRX and Stitches crew for encouraging me to start this podcast up again. I'd like to thank my partner and family, Elaine Raleigh, for her support. I'd like to thank Libby Butler-Gluck for all of her encouragement and help in getting this podcast restarted. I'd like to thank my dear wife, Krista, for always believing me. I'd like to thank my daughter, Samantha, for reminding me how to look at things in a different way. And today, I'd like to send an extra shout-out to my friend, Tina Newton, from Blue Moon Fiber Arts. The world needs more people like you, Tina. Just remember that. And, of course, I'd like to thank all of you for listening. Well, that's our show, Fiber Hooligans. As we slide on out of here today, I'd like to wish you all a glorious week. Remember, the only thing better than being creative is being kind to each other. The good news, we can do both. Thank you for spending this time with us. I hope you'll join me and my special guest, Debbie McElmer, next week for another edition of Fiber Hooligan. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.